Hi, and welcome to Relationship Renovation. I'm Tara Kerwin. And I am EJ Kerwin. And as always, we're always super grateful to our listeners who tune in to hear about how to have a better relationship and a lot of different topics with our guest speakers. So yeah, thank we've you. been lucky enough to have some really great interviews lately and and, and a lot more coming in. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've noticed uh, those of you that are listening on a weekly basis, you know, we come out every single Friday with a new episode. We kind of alternate back and forth where uh, one week we uh, interview somebody who, you know, is an expert in the field, maybe a couple who's been through Mm -hmm. something and and made it through it, just some way that they can offer information to our listeners about what they're going through. And one thing we really notice in the work we do as therapists is is that when you know you're not alone in it, you know, whether Mm. it's an individual you're working with or a couple you're working with, when they hear another story or when they realize that what they're going through is something somebody else has gone through and made it through, it's just like, oh, okay. You know, I think we just naturally think that that we're the only one. I mean, that's, to me, normalizing that every relationship goes through ups and downs and that these skills to make relationships work, we're not born with them. It's against our biology to be open-hearted during a difficult moment. And so, yeah, normalizing and like that couples who really kind of tune in and want to hear more, it's about building the skills necessary to have the healthy relationship. And I think that's hard for some people. They just want their partner to be attuned to them and just know what they need. And I'm just like, you guys, the better you're able to say what your needs are. If you've got a partner who's willing, awesome. But if you expect them to just know and intuit what you need, it is ne- you will always be disappointed. So yes, yeah. you know, variety of things that couples struggle with. So we really try to put it all out there and hit on various topics, I yeah. guess. I mean, I think one of, the, one of the gifts that we receive in doing the work we do and in, in doing this podcast is we learn so much about what makes relationship work. We learn so much about how to grow as a human being, you know, through helping mm. people. And then what I've learned in my relationship with you, Tara, like over these years, is just that, man, with that it's work, but it's positive work and it's ongoing. And that we both have to sort of be like patient for the fact that we're both growing, we're both changing, that that the problems we face as a couple, there's no really like instant solutions, you know, that, right. that it's about like the slow and steady work of staying present, of communicating about things, about making sustainable changes. And I've seen because of that, our relationship become like way more resilient, way more durable, you know, better. And that doesn't mean that we're not just like still facing some challenges that we're still trying to work through. No, it's it's like every day is different, but I have that secure base to kind of grow from. And again, at the end of the day, our number one goal with any of our couples, any of our therapists that work with our couples is creating a secure attachment between those two people and a secure attachment, meaning I have needs. It's okay to have needs. My partner is responsive to my needs and I am responsive to my partner's needs. That's secure attachment. And I guess a lot of us, we should have a podcast all on attachment theory, but I won't go too crazy. But a lot of us have anxious or preoccupied attachment or avoidant attachment or fearful avoidant attachment. And so 
and research shows we can build secure attachments with our partners. But like you were saying, EJ, it takes work and it's not bad work. It just takes showing up in a different way, which, you know, is individual work. Yeah. So, All right. So this, this fits into our topic. And I think this is going to be kind of a fun, um, not that they're all fun, but this is going to be a fun one for us to it's talk gonna about. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, because we've, we actually have, are, are touching bases in relative proximity to, we've also interviewed a sex therapist, Jessa Zimmerman, and our podcast producer, uh, a couple weeks ago was like, oh my gosh, you guys have to check out this new series on Netflix. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you guys have watched, watched it. it. Yeah, Sex, love, love, and, and Goop. Goop. And she was like, I think people would love to just hear your take on it. Mm-hmm. And so Tara and I have watched uh, the three first three episodes, episodes now. And we're going to just, you know, we're just going to kind of talk about our experience watching it and what we're getting out of it and what we're as a couple of therapists who work with couples and sex definitely being one of the things we work with couples about just what it's like. So maybe Tara, first you give a little little synopsis about it because there probably are okay. some people who don't know what it is. I think it's- There's actually a lot of people because I'm always like, hey, have you guys watched? And they're like, what is that? So, yes. So from what I know, Gwyneth Paltrow started a company called Goop and it's yep. about integrative health and wellness and kind of just new areas of how to grow and be healthy. And she did this documentary series called Sex, Love, and Goop. I'm pretty sure it follows six couples. And it's literally like watching each of these couples with obviously different intimacy issues, but they all present with intimacy issues. And it's like watching them go through this intensive sex workshop intimacy workshop, but it's very sexual in nature. Um, There's like a group component where Gwyneth and another sex therapist are like sitting talking to all six of the couples. Right. And then there's also like cutaways to each couple working individually. With a different practitioner. With a different practitioner. And and it's, it's pretty like diverse when it's very where, diverse. yeah where there's most of the couples are are heterosexual there's one same sex couple mm-hmm. there's age diversity there's from like 30s ish all the way up to a couple who's probably in their in their mid late 60s maybe early 70s and then there's couples racially diverse as well racially diverse and couples that have kids and couples that don't have kids yeah so it's they did a really good job as far as that is is showing some level of diversity mm-hmm. um in who they're working mm-hmm. with yeah Okay, so well, can we kind of get into Just so okay, dive in, girl. <laughs> so the first episode, I'm like, I had no idea what to think, right? We just, oh, Alice, our podcast producer was like, okay, just watch this, and I was blown away at the bravery of these couples putting yes. their sex life, love life, out there on Netflix for all of the world to see. Yes, and it's very vulnerable and. I was literally like, wow, I'm glad that they have something. I've never seen anything like this before. I'm glad that they're putting it out there. But it's also like, wow, I can't believe people are going on Netflix and doing this. So I was just like, good for you guys. And then. Yeah, I was blown away by the bravery in a couple of different areas. One was just like talking about what's going on in your sex life and what your struggles are. But then like the actual interventions that they go through like there's one last last night where like the two were like it was the older couple and they were they were basically playing like two animals would like crawling around and smelling Mm, each each other and and it was like (laughs) 
I mean, and you can tell that they are fighting through the regular discomfort if they were just like in a room, but you can, you can almost see them sometimes kind of cast their eyes towards a camera as well. So that camera in the room definitely is another presence that, that they're dealing with. Okay. So one of the biggest things so far, again, I'm only halfway in, we've only watched three episodes was the very first episode when one of the practitioners brought up the idea of erotic blueprints. Hello. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So if you think of, if you guys know what the love languages are, right? What's your love language, quality, time, touch, acts of service, gifts, and words words of of affirmation. affirmation. So this is the erotic blueprint idea is that we all have a different like intimacy language too. And there is five of them. There is sensual, energetic, sexual, kinky, and then the shapeshifter, which is like, oh, I'm a little bit of all five. Yeah. And you can actually take this test. I haven't done it yet, but you can actually go online and take this test. I'm pretty sure it's free to see what your erotic blueprint is. And they kind of take two couples through these erotic blueprints and they had significantly different blueprints. And so that was one reason why they weren't really attuned to each other sexually. So it was really interesting to see because one guy was more sexual and as I understand it, again, I'm not an expert. The sexual erotic blueprint is more of like, oh, breasts and vagina and penis, like kind of way more focused on like the organs and just like traditional like penetration. And the woman was sensual and that's like sensual and all about like right? touch and senses. And so he was, they were kind of doing this intervention and he was like, you know, using these different like pleasure sensory toys, like feathers and like stuff. Like feathers yeah. and like ropes. And, and he was, he kind of said to the practitioner, like, well, this isn't really doing anything for me. And it was like that wow moment. Well, like, well, yeah, because that's not your erotic blueprint, but it is your wife's. And she was really liking it. And she was really like, you know, it was soothing her and she was getting, you know, turned on by this. And so then he had to recognize like, okay, even though like this does nothing for me, this really makes my partner feel very loved and desired. And so it's about, you know, kind of like our love languages, right? Like my first love language is not physical touch, but yours is. And so I have to try and remember that like you love when I come up and hug you and kiss you and touch you. And it's not automatic for me, right? Just like you swiftering the floors is not automatic for you. I did not know that was a way to express affection. No, we talk about swiftering often. So anyway, so that, that to me, like erotic blueprints, oh my goodness. Yeah. And, And I mean, kind of an offshoot of that for me that I'm noticing, especially over the first few episodes in the heterosexual relationships, how much like that differentiation between men and women in that in that men are like sort of ready to go. Yes. They're not just and it's not just like physiologically, but also their their like their energy around sex is very much like very transactional almost yep. like well, if, well okay well I'll do this and I can adjust because then we can get to having sex. Exactly. And it like and it like almost like puts it out there in front of me as a guy about like, I gotta be aware of this. Cause sometimes like there was one of the, mm. one of the guys yesterday who he was talking to his partner about like, she, she was sharing like what she was liking and what was like helping. And he was like, yeah. And then we can just like, then we can have sex more. And it was he just was like a little tunnel vision. Yeah. It, like it, it felt like sort of selfish. It felt like that's something like in, in our, 
you know, kind of integrating into our lives. And I'm like, I got to be like really aware of that, of, of like that everything starts to feel maybe from your side sort of transactional. Well, this is interesting for me, EJ. We actually, guys, just to let you know, this is the first time we're talking about it because we really wanted to save it for the podcast. It's very organic. We have nothing planned here, but I was like, oh my gosh, there's more than just having sex at like 10 o'clock at night. Like, because I guess I would think of anything else like touch or whatever being more like kinky or outside the box, which I, I guess I feel like I'm maybe vanilla then. But then I was like, it got me thinking like, well, what do I like? And and maybe I do need like massages or aromas or, I mean, I just, I was like blown away. Like, yeah. wow, what, it's not just about penetration. And that's actually another thing they talked about, like that Western society especially just like this idea of like male, female, like penetration, vagina and penis. And like watching this lesbian couple identify, like they have no idea like how to have sex because it was never taught, obviously. And like, they just felt like very ill-equipped, if you will. Yeah. And so it was like, yeah. Like, yeah. They were like, I don't even know, like nobody ever taught me what lesbian sex would even look like. Right. So like, it's like, we don't like talk about blueprints. Like they don't, they felt like we don't even know how to like construct mm. our mm. relationship mm. in this way Yeah, yeah. Uh, around sex. And the other thing in the lesbian couple that I was really blown away with was just like how, when it's two women, how much the whole body image thing is intensified almost having two people who are you know affected by a culture where 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 there's so much expectations of women and right. what they should look like and what a good oh body my shape gosh, is the and body not a, mirroring yeah oh. when they, they did this whole thing called oh body mirroring gosh. they did it with a heterosexual and a same sex couple but it was like you know they basically like stood in front of mirrors not completely naked some could be if they wanted to it was yeah, it was however comfort comfortable level. they were but like looking at their bodies and talking about what they like and what they don't like and like Mm. Wow, talk about vulnerability. I'm telling you every every episode, I'm just like, oh my. Okay, another. See, there's so many things, and we've just watched three episodes, you guys. You have to watch it just to hear thoughts. Um, okay, so there's this couple with kids. And I, I can relate to that couple the most, I think, because she's just exhausted by the end of the day. She feels like she gives a lot to her kids. And they came up with this idea of like, okay, between like the two of you guys, you have these like kind of nicknames for each other around your intimate relationship. Cause you know, I'll always call you like, Hey dad, Hey, 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 whatever. Like it's always around like our family and that if we have our own like little nickname that it kind of separates like our roles as parents into like our roles as lovers. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So that was number one. We're we're trying to figure that one out still. (sighs) Captain. Oh, captain. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that one's still a, That's a and, work and then ju- and then just watching like the dynamics between this couple that has kids, you can tell like their level of discomfort and the roles. And we talk about this so often, you guys, in our work with couples that at times the female partner will take on this like motherly role, you know, and she almost feels like her partner's like a child, like, oh, I've got three children. And then the male kind of goes into this like more kid-like role where he doesn't really feel respected. And then when that brings it into the bedroom, it is like a complete disconnect. And the female partner kind of doesn't even respect the male in that way, in the way you want to. And so watching this couple is very interesting. The dynamics are very interesting. And the practitioner tries to get 
the male partner to be like, I am king. It's King Rama. I am king. Like I can dominate this. And like, and she's kind of like, yeah, like I like this, but it's hard for her to let go of control. Let go. I think that that's a so huge good. thing. Like, you know, we see with couples and what I noticed with that couple is a lot of times, you know, just the nature of the first period of, of your child's life, the mother is like in charge of so much around the house and the kids yeah. go to the mom for everything, you know, literally for, for nutrient, you know, to like, you know, exist and, and live in the world. The mother is in control and that's like, you know, just, it definitely tweaks with traditional sexual dynamics within a relationship that sometimes people enjoyed early on in their relationship where the man had some sense of like healthy power and, and yeah. healthy confidence and, you know, sort of that, that old fashioned, you know, sweeping the, mm -hmm. his partner off their feet. And then suddenly it's like almost like in the, in this this relationship between this man and this woman, it was like she couldn't let go of any control, right. and so he looked so stiff. Oh, Anytime yeah. he tried to like approach her, it was like he was afraid almost, mm -hmm. and it was just like it's that he was going to get it wrong. He was going to get it wrong. He wouldn't please her. He doesn't feel like anything he can do. Yeah. And then she did, like, she was so critical of him. Like, he would do something. She'd be like, oh, yeah, that was nice. But if you would have done this, this, and this, it would have been better. And you could see him almost like like wilt. So, it, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's definitely a dynamic we see a lot is, like, men feeling like I just am not connected with that strength, with mm -hmm. that power. Mm -hmm. And then women who like sort of lose that respect and that attraction maybe even to that aspect of their male partner. Oh yeah. That and also like after you become a mom, like there's this part of your sexuality that just for me just like fades away because I'm in this other role and like being in like a sexy mom, like what? Like I'm trying to still discover that. Like what is what is my role as a lover? and as a parent, that they can both coexist. And we've also seen this, like couples, once a female becomes a mom, the husband sees her in a different way too. Yeah. And so that, you know, if you don't talk about it, it can start to kind of create this unconscious friction, if you yeah. will. Here's another like interesting thing I noticed in the first three episodes as like a practitioner, I was sitting there wondering a lot, like, okay, so they have all these different clinicians let's say clinician cuz i don't want i don't want to use yeah i don't want to use the word therapist because they're not all therapists no. and so i found myself like really and we talked to the sex therapist we interviewed Jessa Zimmerman about this is you know there are people who can throw their hats into this ring and be uh, you know practitioners supporting individuals couples around sex with all different right. backgrounds and some of them like, you know, accredited, some not accredited and some, you know, coming with, you know, a master's level clinician, some not. And it felt like, you know, God, what a, what a very sensitive area right. to be supporting Trusting, somebody and helping yeah. people around sex. And as a consumer of, you know, you going out and trying to figure out like, who's going to help me with this one, I got to make sure I have somebody who can create a safe space for us. Right. And then just not even knowing, you know, there are tons of therapists who see couples who have like very little 
background in helping couples with sex, of knowing right. how to create a safe environment, of you know just having training. And also this is the experience of, you know, one thing I'm really grateful in what we've done over the years and working with so many couples is just talking to couples over and over and over about sex. You know, the more you do anything, the easier it is to talk and the more expertise you have on it. But as a consumer, I'm thinking like, gosh, yeah. people just probably have no idea who to go out and get support from. Well, and that's why I you know, I'm sure there's some controversy, yes, there is with everything around this documentary, but like the one reason I love this so much is like it is putting couples out there, vulnerable couples who are experiencing intimacy issues, and it's showing you so many different types of intervention and different ways to think about it, to get outside of the box. And it's like, okay, then you just encourage couples, hey, like this might be something that's interesting to you you know, watch it and just kind of get like, we've been talking about it and talking about it, like gives us something to talk about. And it makes me think about things in a new way. And like, there was a couple times I had to pause last night. Cause let's talk of ageism here. Like the older couple talking about sex and penetration. I was like, Oh, this is uncomfortable at first. And then Gwyneth Paltrow comes in and she's like, yeah, like in our society, like we get uncomfortable when it's like older people are talking about their sex life. And I'm like, I have to look at that because I had that feeling. And we're right? going to be an older person someday. Yeah. And like, why is that? And how do we see all of us as just like sexual beings and not like discriminate on like, you know, age, gender, body type? I mean, I, I got to say so far, one, I've really enjoyed it. It's, oh, absolutely. it's, it's, it's entertaining. Uh, two, as a therapist, it's been really positive because it, it made me think more and more of like, gosh, we have to move forward in that talk absolutely. about sex. Like, because I know that sometimes that's something we approach towards the middle slash end of our program with couples. Right. And I'm beginning to more and more think like, no, we, you know, that has to be something that, that we're integrating, talking about much yeah. earlier on. Mm -hmm. And then as a couple, like, I think it's like, it's moving it to the front of our mind around our relationship mm -hmm. around sex and like trying to figure out like in sex and intimacy, let's put those, you know, in the same, you know, sentence of like, how do we come, something hit me last night. Oh, and I, me too. So you go first, but I'm afraid I'm going to forget it, but go. Okay. Okay. Um, they were talking about that foreplay can go throughout the day. Oh Yeah leading up. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting because it's not, and it's also taking foreplay out of this idea that foreplay is inherently sexual, but right. instead that it's about connecting throughout the day. Because I know sometimes we have these conversations where, where you're sort of like, you know, well, all these things have to happen in order for us to get that into like sort of the place we want it to be again. And it feels like such like a long game and I, where I'm just like, oh my God, it's like, I got to like correct like eight years of us having kids in order, mm -hmm. you know, it feels like daunting. And then it clicked last night that it was like, okay, it's not about like that. I have to like, think about like the date in three weeks that then if I do that, then this, and then if I do this and that, it's just like, if I just continue to make an effort to stay connected throughout a day, right? that's going to cultivate that energy as well. And that again, it can't be tied to some result. Oh, that's the at biggest some point. thing. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of one member, the couple, that higher desire partner 
is a lot of times struggling with is that they're always looking towards what do I do to get to a certain result? Which piggybacks on our interview with Jessa when she's like, hey, think of, you know, your time, your intimate time as going to the playground and maybe you go down the slide, maybe you don't. And then last night when we were watching this episode, it's like sex, intimacy, foreplay, that is adult play right? Like, you know, we get to watch the kids playing and and jumping up and down and being all crazy and like, yeah, like sex intimacy is adult play. And with some couples, obviously not all, the play is taken out and there's tension wrapped up in it and then it feels daunting. And so how do we individually look at that? How do we support our couples looking at as playtime instead of like task chore oriented rejection time? Yeah. Um, that was, again, another thing that stood out for me. So yes, kudos to Gwyneth Paltrow for bringing this together for sure. Yeah. You know, check it out. Like, like watch it. Because I, I think what it does also is it just helps make the conversation happen on a more yeah. regular basis. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with couples is one, they don't talk about it, you know, a lot of times ever until they come into therapy. But if they do talk about it, they talk about it very episodically. Mm -hmm. They might like that might kind of help a little bit and they're like happy enough with it instead of it being something that you and your partner are continually having a conversation about, finding ways to be playful about it, finding ways to be thoughtful about it, finding ways to be exploratory together about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and really making it something that's an everyday part of your life, just like all the other things that are important are. Absolutely. Watch it. Yeah. Curiosity. I mean, it's just, and and we want to hear your guys' thoughts, feedback, comments after we um, air this episode. That would be awesome. Yeah. Please, please give us your like highlights of uh, sex, love and goop or like, what are the things that you thought were like (laughs) really cool? What are the things that, that you're like, oh, I want to try that. What are the things that you're like, oh my God, that was so awkward (laughs) and, and hard to watch. Like, I'm so curious to see whatever or to hear what everybody's uh, you know experience of this show is. And I'm excited too, um, because I'm like guessing what your erotic blueprint is, and I'm guessing what mine is. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you because I want you to try to guess what mine is, and then I want to take that free quiz. Okay, so that's what we'll do. We, we will we'll each take the quiz in the next like week or so. Okay. And then we'll do like a uh, sex love goop uh, follow up, like follow up erotic blueprints. Yeah. Nothing too vulnerable, honey, on the podcast. Yeah. Ooh, watch out. <laughs> Are you kinky? Uh, hun, no, we're not. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure that out. I don't know. Um, all right, you guys. Well, again, thank you so much for listening. Check it out just to kind of click that curiosity switch on, see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, and, you know, make sure you are like really staying connected with your partner, that you are talking about things that are coming up for the two of you together, that you're communicating about things that maybe are in the back of your mind, that you're maybe having conversations about intentionality going into the, uh, you know, finishing up this year and beginning a new year. And we're going to have a really cool New Year's podcast. Yes. Uh, about setting setting intentions. intentions. It's going to be awesome. We're super excited. Yeah. And please, you know, always uh, share 
uh, with your friends, our podcast. We know it has a positive impact on relationships. And honestly, we just really appreciate, you know, you guys uh, spreading the word about our podcast and our services. You can always check out our website, he said, she said, counseling.com. You can email us info at he said, she said, counseling.com. And, you know, check out our social media where I think we're being a lot more focused in how we put information out there that's helpful to couples. Uh, we are relationship underscore renovation is our Instagram handle. And he said, she said, couples is our Facebook. All right. Well, hey, it's always uh, it's always fun, Tara. Always fun. Yeah. And you know my ending line. Yeah, let's hear it. As always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the Are we?